But now with building in public, then you can build something people actually want. I think this is really the, the most amazing part of building in public. Hello and welcome to the Leverage Suite Podcast. This is the show that helps you leverage the talent and tactics of high performers. Today's guest is Kevon Chung. Kevon is known in the community as the build in public guy, but these days he likes to call himself the build in public head teacher since he spends most of his time teaching his course, Build in Public Mastery. Some people even call him the broccoli guy, and he's all about bringing community and transparency to building businesses. He even published a book called Find Joy in Chaos to help creators leverage Twitter. Kevon, welcome to the show. Thank you, Craig. Uh, so happy to be here. I have no idea what, what we're going to talk about, but uh, I'm just excited to talk to you. That's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm so delighted to have you here. I think the first question we have to get out of the way is, do your kids like broccoli? Funny story, they actually do. Like my daughter is <laughs> two and a half. She has been eating broccoli since like 18 months old. And she is loves that right? it. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the best time to start. And uh, I, I wish I had started at that age with my kids because uh, at this point, it's a struggle. So that's awesome. So for, for those who don't know, catch, catch us up a little bit. Like, tell me your story. Like, how did you get started building in public and, and, and building your brand and kind of where are you headed at the moment? Uh, we have to go back to around end of 2020. So back then, you know, my whole career is in startup. Um, always, you know, the zero to one guy. In the first 10 years or so of my career, I've been always working next to the founder or I have to answer to investor. But the thing is, you know, at that time, end of 2020, I had this moment of like self-realization. I thought to myself, I work really hard in every single business that I worked in. I always have that owner mindset. Like I treat myself as the owner. So I did everything. But how come when I walked away from the last chapter, I was a nobody? You know, back then when you Google Kavon Chung, you couldn't find anything other than my outdated website and a LinkedIn profile. So that right. was my big moment because, you know, my first daughter was about to arrive and I don't want to be that nobody daddy. <laughs> so I started <laughs> thinking about life, you know, how, how I can compound things. So that was my first realization that I really needed a personal brand. So I started, you know, uh, writing online because I had a two, three months break when I was welcoming the daughter's birth. And, you know, I just started writing online, got on Twitter and the rest has become history. That's awesome. So I think one of the things that's hard for people as they kind of head down this road is trying to figure out their, their direction and their voice and their message. And I would imagine that this has probably been a journey towards clarity for you. So how did you sort of land on what's important to you and, and what you wanted to build on? Honestly, I think there's a big part of luck in there. Um, <laughs> Yeah. When I first started out, I didn't know what to focus on. You know, people talk about niching down, but what do you want to niche down to? I had no idea. Um, so I started writing just one article a week and just throw it up on kavonchang.com. And then I was trying to figure out how I can distribute my articles. So that was when I bumped into this website called indiehackers.com. And I realized a lot of bootstrap founders are on Twitter. So I started to hang out with all these people. 
Um, and on IndieHackers.com, I found a group called Building in Public. I was like, why, why is there a group called this? Other than, you know, courses, uh, you know, Twitter. Why is there a group called Building in Public? So I started investigating and I saw a bunch of people um, doing it on Twitter. But then, you know what I did? I Google searched Building in Public. Nothing. Not nothing. Hmm. Exaggerated. But I found <laughs> Not <enough>. four articles. <laughs> four articles. And they were quite brief, like maybe 1,500 words. Just kind of briefly talk about that concept. And then I, you know, light bulb moment. I was like, hmm, this principle is basically how I want to live my life. How, not how I want to live my life. How I have been living my life. So hmm. maybe I can be that person to teach other people how to do it so you know it, it was a bit strategic but also a bit of luck because at that point you know i was a nobody so why would someone listen to me for right. building in public right so that was my day one but then i had all these failure in the past so i realized i could not just go out and say hey, this is a book about building in public. No one would care about that. So I, I was right. being strategic. I blend into the community first and I was trying to be very helpful. So kind of build up that trust and credibility first. So I, that, that's why I said I was lucky because it's not easy to find something that you enjoy, you resonate with, but mm -hmm. also you can find traction like quickly. So right. Yeah. I love the concept of, of building in public for, for a lot of reasons. I mean, no one starts out as an expert and there's so much to learn. Like, I, and I come from the software development world where building in public is, is kind of a, a staple among developers because you, you start out every day waking up knowing there's just a mountain of new things that, that you need to learn. And um, by sharing that knowledge, it, it, it kind of helps. But Accompanied with that is this, I don't know if it's fear, I don't know if it's hesitation or a concern of how people might perceive you in terms of being new at something and sort of balancing that, okay, I'm sharing what I'm learning, but I'm also not an authority yet, but I'm doing this in public saying, here's things that have worked for me that might work for you. Like, how have you straddled that spectrum? I think uh, we, we have been seeing a trend like around the world that actually most of us, we don't want to listen to the top expert. I think we feel like there's a distance between us and them. So mm -hmm. I, I think it's not just the building public community, but if we look at like YouTube, the, the YouTubers that I love to watch the most are the people who are just, you know, they take up a camera and start talking. Well, even though it might be scripted, but it seems like that, right? So not every video is like scripted and sitting in front of a nice backdrop. Um, and we feel so close to them. And they started as a nobody as well. But somehow we, because through the behind the scenes, through the day-to-day -day happenings, we have a connection with them. So I think a lot of us today still underestimate that personal connection with people just people um and we still think that you know as an entrepreneur as a professional you have to be the one like on stage uh dress up nice you know be associated with the biggest name i think it has changed quite a bit so 
Yeah, yeah. Not like, well, you, you still need to be professional, but there's a way to start from zero and it still works. Hey, do you want to get parts of these interviews that aren't available anywhere else? Well, you can join the Leverage 3 email list and get access to exclusive content just for subscribers. So go on over to leverage3podcast.com and sign up today. Hmm. So, so this, this concept of, of building public takes many forms, many facets. So, okay, don't tell anyone, okay? But this podcast is actually me building in public, like getting the best people I can to give me a, a one-on-one with them. Um, and I just happen to share it with everybody else, right? <laughs> so <laughs> you could do it through a podcast. You could do it through um, actually building a company and documenting how you're going. Like what, what sort of different form factors do you see this taking on? Um, I definitely see a lot of definitions of building in public out there. Um, actually, I like that. I was just writing a tweet today about how I was lucky to pick this topic because building in public, you know, every, everyone sort of talk about these three words, but at the same time, there's no definition. So mm. I can come in and create a, my own version and teach to people and it will be the definitive version <laughs> because no one has definition, right? right so right. that's why it works. If you are teaching something else that everyone has a fixed definition, it will be very hard to kind of carve out your own corner. Mm. Um, my version of building in public, I don't know, like it seems like, I hope that the people listening to this podcast or watching this video would, would kind of put down their understanding of building in public because so many people think it's just sharing updates and bragging or just posting things from the behind the scenes. But until today, I've been teaching this topic for two years, right? The first half a year, I didn't really teach. I was just building free stuff and give it away. But then the next two years, I've been really teaching. And I can be honest with you, the teaching has been changing the whole time because of my understanding of it is changing. So to me right now, I think the best part of building in public is you're looping in the community as you build your products. So in a way, it's actually, um, I would call it lean startup on steroids. So mm. I don't know how familiar you're with lean startup, but basically you want to talk to users, understand their pain points, behavior. But usually in the past, I did that a lot. Like I would go on LinkedIn and schedule a ton of one-on-one and just try to like talk to them and write things down. But now with building in public, you can do that by putting out a tweet in 20 seconds and maybe 30 people will give you their thoughts in maybe two hours. So that's why it's on steroids because you get so much feedback and then you can come back and think, okay, should, should I use, which one should I use or how should I shape my product? Then you can build something people actually want. I think this is really the, the most amazing part of building in public. All right, this is great. And what one of my friends, dear friends from college used to always ask me when we talk about uh, philosophy or whatever, it was like, well, what does that look like with legs, right? So, so let's put some, some legs on this and, and see if we can get really practical with how you do this. So um, but let's say you, you're, you're doing a product launch. Maybe it's one of your courses that you're working on. Kind of take us through the steps that you would go through in order to execute on building in public with that launch. 
Yeah. So the first thing we need to recognize is that it seems like a lot of people, especially when they're first starting out, they think of product launches as in, oh, I built something. And then when it's ready, I would try to tweet about it. And that's my launch. <laughs> right. And then most of them are like, what is happening? How come no one is coming in to, to, to like my tweets or like rushing to get my products? A funny story. Uh, many, many years ago, I did a product launch and we wanted to put our product on Product Hunt. So we decided to push it out 2 a.m. our time. As a naive founder, I thought <laughs> all the people would be rushing to our website and ask us questions at that dot. So I stayed up at 2 a.m. looking at my computer. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Seriously, no one, not even one person <laughs> is talking to us. So that's when I know like, it doesn't work like that. Actually, there are tons of behind the scenes going to a product launches. So I've done this many times. So that's how I connect the dots between building in public and uh, info product launches. So you need time to build up that momentum. And it, it's not like a week. We're talking about maybe at least a month or three, four months. So usually when I have a course, I try to ha head into the first phase, which is building in public. So during that first maybe two months, I will be continuously talking about the product from different angles. I will be asking people questions. I'll be telling them, hey, this is maybe my student profile. Um, does that resonate with you? So many, many different ways so that people are involved in that building process. Mm. And also I can listen to their feedback. So during that phase, you can start, you know, connecting with people as well. So what I would do is I would try to use many different angles to build that course in public, right? Um, it includes like maybe I can throw out a question on Twitter and ask people, hey, this is what I'm thinking about my ideal student profile. Here are the four versions. Which one do you resonate most? So then I can really get, you know, get to know which one fits the best and put it on the website. So all in all, it's really using those maybe two months to work with people to shape the product. So as you can see, they are more invested in your journey and the product if they have been involved. So then uh, when you're about to launch, then we can head into a phase called collecting momentum. So that's when I would uh, get the early fans to come in, try out the product in private. See? Building in public doesn't just mean public. I actually bring them in privately. So they tried out, they went through the course, and then <laughs> right. if they like it, they can help me write a testimonial, right? So then it builds up all these materials for the launch. And then with this, I go into the launch. And now it's not dead air anymore because with these early fans, early testimonials, what I can do is I can get their help to create that buzz as well. And then we head into the last phase, which is what I call expanding momentum. So it will be also quite naive if you think that launching the product means the end of the journey and then you can relax and go on a holiday, right? No, launching is pretty <laughs> oh, much <yeah>. the beginning <laughs> of the ending. So in building in public, right, we would try to use many different angles to talk about right. the product again. So maybe like uh, if you get a review, you can post it. If you get some sales number, if you're comfortable, you can post it. 
Um, if you're fixing something, like maybe my latest course has a lot of editing flaws. So I actually launch it first and then fix it later on, which I'm really surprised. Like a lot of my students came to me and said, hmm. Kavan, I love that it's not perfect. It gave us confidence that we could do it too. Because, you know, per profession, really? being perfect is a big obstacle in people's minds. So they love that about my course. But of course, I fix them. So you can see it is a whole process from building in public, collecting momentum right. to expanding momentum. And that covers probably like three to four months of time. This is why I said it's hard work. It's not, it's not fast hack or something. Yeah, it's not a quick fix. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, throughout that process, are you oh, building yeah, like a wait list so as you're building again, up that momentum? Another misconception people have is like, you just keep talking, keep talking on Twitter. No, all that talking should be concentrated to an email list. So then when you want to reach people, you can easily reach every single one who's interested in your product. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So many different directions I want to go here. All right. So now when we're talking about the course itself, um, so often what, what I like to talk to people about is a, is a pre-launch where you go in with a rough sketch of what you want your course to be, right? So not a lot of it's built at that point, just so that you can present your ideas, you can kind of get it out there and get that fast feedback. So you're, you're continually headed in the right direction. But it kind of sounds like you had, at least in this one instance, the, the course pretty well built, and then you were asking for feedback on that. So have you tried those different approaches? Actually, and, and kind of what's your philosophy it there? It was more like your way. So yeah, when I was building it, Sure, maybe I already okay. have some kind of structure, uh, some kind of ways that I want to teach. But I definitely wouldn't wait until the product is finished and then try to, you know, think of ways to engage people because it's, it's really hard. I was just talking to one of my students um, and we were talking about when something is done, it is so, so, so hard to keep talking about it. But when you're just working on something, it's so easy. Like you, you can take a picture <laughs> of your notepad and then you can throw something up and that's content. So, so yeah, it's really hard. Right. Um, so actually when you're building your product, you know, a lot of people would be heads down, you know, I'm going to finish this course in seven days and launch it. I actually strongly recommend against that because you, you're not right. taking advantage of that product development timeline to work with people. So I just make everything super slow so I can, yeah, engage them. You know, that is a perspective that I don't think I've ever heard anyone share before is that that whole point of, of slowing down and taking your time in order to engage the community. And that, that really is a huge asset to you rather than just heads down and, and get it done. You know, I, I laugh at people when they say, oh, you can build a course in seven days or 21 days or whatever. And it's like, well, I guess you could, but if you want something that resonates with your audience, if you want something that's a, a certain quality bar, you know, it, like you're saying, it just, it takes time. It takes work you know, to make it. why I think that's the case. that's really good and compelling. I think because we all learned that in copywriting, you need to, you know, sell the value prop, which is, Pay me $200 and you can build a course in seven days. We all learned that, right? And people want that instant thing. 
So to right. come out here and say yeah. you want to take four months to build your course, no one's going to buy that. <laughs> but I'm trying to get more people to buy this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Well, and I think just, just looking reality, looking at reality clearly is, is important because when you set expectations and then they fall flat, like yeah. that's, yeah. And I think just it depends on your experience level as well. Add into it. So if you have built multiple courses, then probably your next course, you, you, you know what you want to do and you can just do it. You don't need to loop in the community anymore because you, you need to yeah. go fast. But I work with a lot of um, early stage entrepreneurs. Um, and for this group of people, I really think that going fast is just losing your traction, you, losing your opportunity to build that connections, which becomes traction. Um, and also, most people think they have the best course idea, but mm. is that really what people want? They don't find out. So this is a way to find out. Right. Well, and, and yeah, in building in public, you're, you're going to get that feedback. So, so okay, when you work with, with any ideas that you've had or, or people that you've mentored or helped out in the past, when ideas go to market to die, like, how has that experience been? So you're building in public and you realize it happens I'm heading in the wrong direction. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm a living example. <laughs> My students are also living examples. So during building public mastery, uh, we will do a 30 days challenge. So it's pretty intense. Like they're learning all these new things and then they have to like build a product and also uh, talk in public. So I remember a few cases where at the end of it, instead of launching the course or whatever they're building, a template or something, a few of them actually announced that this whole process make them realize that this is not the right direction. So they're going to drop it. They're going to come back and you know, reflect and try to gain more clarity and then start another project. So to me, that is good. If you're just forcing yourself because you don't want the sunk cause, you know, you publicly announce it, so you really need to get it done. I don't think so. Like, uh, at the end of the day, if you don't follow through what makes sense to you, you won't have success. So to me, that is the other beautiful thing about building in public. It helps you realize because you talk about it. You, you know, a lot of people don't talk about it, so they think... <laughs> They, they want to go that way, but it's not true. Yeah. Well, and, and to your point of authenticity and, and building trust, I would imagine that if, if you are doing something publicly and you realize for whatever reason, like this isn't the right direction, there's no demand for this, it's, it's the wrong angle, whatever. Like if you're at least public and honest about making that decision, I would imagine that the people who are following you would respect that oh, decision totally. and hopefully like be excited whenever your next thing I started a pay community is. as my first pay product back in 2021. Wow, it's a long time ago. Um, I, run it, I ran it for four months and then I decided <laughs> to shut down. I just like delete all the credit cards from my account and I told people my reason and all that and you, guess what? A lot of these people are still following my journey and if I have new products, they're still buying if they need it. So hmm. 
yeah, you, you don't want to lose that trust factor just because you announce something. It's okay to change direction. But I think what we should do right is like the way you handle it. Um, it's not just, you know, I've heard cases where people just disappear or shut down and there's no communication. Just don't do that. Like, make sure you give people yeah. time to digest the information. Make sure maybe you refund part of the money or all the money. I don't know. But treat people right and they will continue to follow you even if you work on something else later. Yeah. So kind of in that vein, are, are there any other like pitfalls people should, should watch out for or things you should suggest you don't do mm. during this process? There's one thing um, which is quite hard if you're trying to build a business or like an agency in public. Uh, the way I look at it is there's only so much you can... Uh, how should I put this? Um, because a business is such a big thing. And when you put it in like a movie timeline, it has no ending. So from an audience perspective, they wouldn't be as excited because they just don't know where this is going. But I've seen some startups do it and they are able to build a very authentic company culture and brand. But for most of us creators, I think what you don't want to do is build your business in public. Try to go down to something really small. Like, I'm going to build my new branding. I did that, the Broccoli brand. I built that in public in maybe 40 days. So people can see it from start to end, and then it stops there. And people are so, so, so excited because there's a finish line. They can see the before and after. Uh, so that's why I suggest to people, no matter what you do, just make it so small so that there's a finish line. Well, man, you've given so much great uh, tactical advice, philosophical advice, like mindset things for people to think about. And I'm, I'm super grateful for, for what all you've given to share. Um, and what we like to do here at the end of the show is give you like one final chance to give three sort of actionable advice, tactical advice. So what, what would you have for people watching and listening? The first one is definitely what I've just said. Um, if you want to build in public, don't think about building an authentic brand or transparent brand. Just pick one project. And when I say project, it's not like a whole cohort-based course. That's too big. Uh, maybe start with um, just the first module of your course or maybe just the first chapter of your guide. Whatever that is and say, I'm going to be building this in the next 14 days, 28 days, right? So start to finish. This is super important. Start small, right? Great things start small. The second one is if you really have no audience, no community, and you're wondering how to get started, you know what I notice? At every single concert, there's a corner of people that are the loudest. And who are these people? They're the super fans. The rest, they're just here to enjoy the show. They will come and go. They might not attend the show next time. What does that tell you? That tells you that everyone has a core group behind a huge audience. They don't need to be friends with 20K people, but they need to be friends with like 20, 30 people. So if you're starting out, pick your core group, like pick the right people, like Bootstrap Founder, and just make 30 really good connections. 
they will be your audience to start with to help you grow. And my last tip is what my students actually told me. Um, when you put out content, a lot of people just think of, oh, I'm putting out a lot of content. I'm growing my audience. Putting out content is the easy part. What happens is that your content draws in people. Every single reply, you should hit them up in private message and try to talk to them, understand their lives, know what they do, and turn that into connections. Because in building in public, you need people to help you out, right? No matter if you're getting feedback or getting buzz, you need people. So your content is actually drawing people to you, and it will be a waste if you actually don't build that connection right there. So yeah, hopefully my three tips will help someone out there who are just starting out. Thanks so much for being a part of the show. Now, one of the easiest ways that we can stay in touch is that if you're watching on YouTube, please like this episode and subscribe to the channel if you'd like. And if you're listening to the audio version, rating on your favorite podcast app would mean the absolute world to me. So I'm Craig Shoemaker, and I'll see you again here soon on the Leverage 3 Podcast.